You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to listen and talk. pressure, more likely to have depressive reactions, eating disorders, higher rates of alcohol and drug abuse, criminal involvement, suicide attempts, and be involved with risky behaviors. You can help make a difference by sponsoring this radio program, Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, positive media, and donates positive votes to increase literacy. Call 877-944-STAR, S-T-A-R. For more information or visit our website at bethestarur.org. Also, you can make a PayPal donation at www.bethestarur.org. Thank you for helping our youth succeed. Everyone faces conflict at home, at work, in the community, in the world. Fix Your Conflicts is a show about how to fix those conflicts with practical tips and techniques. Doug Knoll brings to the Internet airwaves the first of its kind, a show that teaches peaceful resolution to life's daily battles. That's Fix Your Conflicts with Doug Knoll, broadcasting live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Studio A. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Welcome to our radio talk party, Star Style, Be The Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I'm always thrilled to be right here with you as your personal growth success coach on the airwaves, bringing you the authors and experts and professionals 
that really help you expand and fulfill your life. This show is brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. Since its founding, Be the Star You Are has served approximately 165,000 individuals and families. Within 58 organizations, has logged in more than 200,000 volunteer hours and distributed more than $1.5 million in resources. It is in its ninth year this year. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to get involved. Well, today's show is guaranteed to transform your life while helping you understand the importance of our history. First up, we're going to be having Robert Orndorff and Dolan Clark with the book, The Peter Principle, How to Work With and Avoid Becoming. I've never said it on the air before, but it's on the book. A pain in the ass. And then back for a return visit is historian J.A. Hunsinger with his book, Acts of Iron, The Settlers, where we'll continue the saga of the Norsemen who discovered North America long before Christopher Columbus. And finally, in T for Two, Heather Brittany and I will relax with a big ah, and we're going to discover the power of meditation to help us be more successful in life and doing less and being more. So grab your favorite beverage. Sit back, turn up the volume, and rejuvenate with Be The Star You Are. Our purpose is to provide you this radio show is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the writer, the producer, the star of your own life. We do have three rules. Smile, have fun, be willing to be wild and crazy. And, of course, we want to introduce you to some great new books and some authors who have penned them. So get ready to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through great books and media. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the Carmony Collection, handmade, handcrafted handbags with one-of-a-kind vintage bangles, baubles, and beads. Visit myspace.com forward slash Carmony Clutches, Carmony with a K, Clutches with a K, or you can call 925-785-7827. And the Miracle Moment is... The books that help you most are those which make you think most. A great book that comes from a great thinker is a ship of thought, deep freighted with truth and beauty. And that was by Theodore Parker and what truth that is. Well, a new survey that was recently done from True Careers, which is a leading online job board, found that over 60% of employees report that the annoying work habits of coworkers have really negatively impacted their relationships and their productivity in the workplace. Authors Robert Orndorff and Dolan Clark have a great solution to working with or not becoming a pain in the ass with their new book, The Peter Principle. They are both with us today. Welcome, Robert and Dolan, to Be the Star You Are. Thank you, Cynthia. Good evening. How are you? I am great. We love your book, and I can tell that lots of people love it as well. Well, the title of the book, The PETA Principle, How to Work With and Avoid Becoming a Pain in the Ass, what a great job you did in getting a catchy title. It just says it all. I mean, you used the metaphor of PETA bread for the acronym of PETA, P-I-T-A. So let's go through um, what pain in the ass is standing for, and let's talk about some of the coping techniques that you go through in your in your book because you have described different work styles and different ways that people operate and that's what how you've named them a kind of pita right 
Yeah, well, again, thanks for having us on the show. And this is uh, this has been a fun project. And, you know, over the last 20 years, Doolin and I have coached hundreds of adults who have either lost their jobs or are unhappy in their current position. And what we found is really the biggest challenge is just dealing with a difficult coworker or boss. I mean, let's face it, anybody can work with coworkers who are friendly, cooperative, and positive. And we really found that it's managing the negative, mean-spirited, pain-in-the-ass coworkers that's the main challenge. So we really wanted to uh, address that. And when thinking of the title of the book, uh, you know, we really wanted to call it what most coworkers uh, would call their coworkers, uh, or most employees would call their coworkers that get under their skin, a pain in the ass. Right. No way right. around you're it. right. When you're at home at the dinner table and you're talking to your husband or your wife, you just you can't help but say, it, oh, my gosh, you can't believe what a pain in the ass so-and-so is. Exactly. So why not that's, call it That's, a that's the real state, language, right? right? That's the real language. And you did a very good job, by the way, of saying it for the first time over the air. It's, it's, Thank it's you. tough to get over that first hurdle. I know. That is exactly right. I wasn't sure if I was going to be blipped out or not, but, you know, after 10 years, I think I get, have the right to say it. <laughs> and and Dool's going to talk about, uh, you know, there's really, you'd said it's an acronym for pain in the ass, but uh, we really have two purposes for um, the PETA, and there's another acronym. So and that was the you... positive acronym, which we, you have to talk about. Yep, right. You know, it really wasn't our goal. This is Doolin Clark, by the way. It wasn't our goal necessarily to uh, place disparaging labels on people. So we really wanted want the audience to know that PITA also stands for Professionals Increasing Their Awareness. So well, in reality, Doolin and Robert, wasn't this really your goal in writing this, is to identify challenges in the workplace, but also expose ourselves to ourselves, because it's really easy to label somebody else. But what about looking inside and saying, hey, what am I doing to other people? So we need to increase our own awareness, and that was part of your motivation or probably the hugest part because both of you are professionals in, in this arena, and you both are at uh, Penn State, and you've been working with people for so long. So you really you don't want people to be pain in the asses. You want them to be professionals with awareness. That's exactly right, and, and my background is as a psychologist, so it's very important uh, for me to get the point across that that people need to look at themselves before they put the finger outward because it's very easy for us to cast blame on other people, but it's a lot harder for us to look internally and think about how we may be impacting a team or how we may be coming off negatively to another person. So I'm a real believer in being open to looking at ourselves first. No, I totally agree with that because so often, you know, other people are mirroring us. So we do have to look at ourselves before we cast, you know, some any any kind of negativity. But let's talk about the kinds of PETAs that are the negative ones, and then we'll talk about the positive ones, because especially in these days, you know, the kids are graduating from college now, and they're getting out into the workforce. Your book can really help people, because I know in my early days, I worked for a couple of, of PETAs that, you know, it didn't matter what you did, you couldn't please them. So you have the crusty PETA, the overstuffed PETA, the uh, royal PETA. Why don't we take a couple of these and talk about what the characteristics are? Sure. I'll start with the Krusty Pita, since you mentioned that first. This is the one probably most people resonate with when you hear the term pain in the ass. They probably think of the Krusty Pita first. And the Krusty Pita is that stereotypical grumpy old man, the Archie Bunkers, George Jeffersons of the past. 
but not all crusty pitas are grumpy old men by long shot. They really come in all shapes and sizes. And so the crusty pita really growls at the world, sees the world through the glass that's half to empty. Uh, he or she complains a lot, puts down other coworkers, isn't very tactful or sensitive when discussing issues. Um, and so the the crusty pita is that one where again most people think of as a pain in the ass. We really encourage our readers to not write off any kind of pita. Um, that's the easiest thing to do. And with the crusty pita, we find that a lot of uh, employees want to simply avoid the crusty pita. They just don't want to be around them. But as you know, we're really forced to work with our coworkers and teams on committees uh, during staff meetings, and so we really challenge our readers not to write any human being off, and especially the crusty pita, but to really work with them um, and to. You know, realize that there's insecurities uh, among the crusty pita and that so many times their bark is much bigger than their bite. And one of the things that you say, it's really important to attempt to understand them and to not take anything personally. This is just, you know, this is who they are, and so you can't, you know, feel that it's a personal attack on you. That's exactly right. The crusty pita will growl at everyone unconditionally. You can't take it personally. It's it's nothing that that you did. It's really about the crusty pita. So to rise above that, first of all, we don't. You know, a crusty response to a crusty pita isn't going to get us anywhere. And so, first of all, to rise above it. And usually, uh, what we found is that. People who will address the crusty pita head-on, um, not put them on the defensive, but head-on, usually the crusty pita will crumble when they're, when they're dealt with individually. They're, ironically, they're not as, as tough as what they come across as being. And also you advise for these crusty pitas to show them that you care, because sometimes yep. these kinds of old grouches, this, they have a lack perhaps of self-esteem or they haven't been loved enough or nobody's really cared for them, and so they just get meaner and meaner until somebody actually shows their nicer side. And one other thing that I thought was important because it's the way we have to live our lives is to pick your battles. You know, what battlefield do you want to die on? <laughs> That's right, exactly right. And I think what you said is real important in your first comment as far as never giving up on the Krusty Peter and show them that you care. If you think about it, it's the Krusty Peter that, because so many people avoid them, it's a novelty and it's new to them when someone actually hangs in there with them and cares about them. And you can get through over time. Patience is a virtue working with them. You have a great opportunity to get through with the Krusty Peter if you are kind to them. Well, and that is actually across the board. I mean, I think kindness mm-hmm. goes a long way. So when you're kind to people, usually with some time, they'll tend to be kind to you back. So, you know, right. show, show a little bit of goodness, and perhaps that will be coming back to you as well. Now, something that's very unique about your book is you actually, in every chapter, when you talk about the different kinds of pitas, you give examples of famous, both real and fictional, people who embody this kind of PETA. You know, we do. We, we work with our publisher on this idea, and they thought it was—they thought it was just an interesting idea to to illustrate people that maybe folks in the audience would be aware of just from everyday television. And you know, it's one thing for us to talk about it theoretically, but I think when you have someone who they can identify from TV that's a character that may come on uh, every week and they tune in every week, it really does hammer the variety of PETA home when they can—they can really hold on to it and understand it. 
Well, right now, somebody people are watching American Idol, and of course, we have the notorious Simon Powell, who just seems like to be the biggest meanie in tearing people down. And what you call him is he is really an overstuffed PETA. He's just full of himself. He's like that pita bread that, you know, is just so full that it, you can't put anything more of the fixins in it. Well, you know, we don't know if that's him being him or if that's him playing a role on TV. I'm still well, I imagine figure, it's I'm, him playing a role, and he plays it well. I'm still trying to figure that one out. But well, I I'm not sure. I, you know, I mean, a good actor like that who's got it down, he's not going to let you know on The Secret. But sure. I bet you he's a really great guy off camera. But he plays that role of the villain quite, you know, quite lovely. So I would say he is an overstuffed PETA. Yeah, the overstuffed, if you can imagine the metaphor, if you can really visualize a PETA, you can't get any more fixings inside of the pocket. So it's really someone who either likes the attention or is full of themselves or they present maybe a certain arrogant side or they like to steal the show. And um, I think we all probably have people in our lives that we would like to tell them to get off the stage or to listen to someone else, or you're not always right, or stop hogging the attention. Uh, you know the kind of person I'm talking about. And there's lots of them out there, definitely lots of them out there. Yesterday I actually went and had filled a big pita bread with different things just so I could get a feel for all your different kinds of pita. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. Well, you really did act it out, didn't you? I really acted it out. I went the whole route. Well, let's turn the tables a little bit and talk about the positive pita. And, again, there are other pitas. You're going to have to read the book. The name of the book we're talking about is The Pita Principle, How to Work With and Avoid Becoming a Pain in the Ass. And it's by Robert Orendorf and Dolan Clark, who are both experts in this field of um, interpersonal communications. But let's talk about the acronym, you know, professionals increasing their awareness as a PETA, and especially in light of people hiring, like if, how could you hire someone who you know is going to be, have a good attitude and isn't going to be one of these soggy PETAs or, you know, a grouchy PETA or a royal PETA? Well, I'll tell you, one of the criteria that I use is is in an interview, how open can a person be about their weaknesses or their shortcomings? And, you know, one of the criteria that I use about how genuine someone's being or how open they are is just can they, can they in a humorous way, tell you about the things that they're working on or some kind of personality traits that give them problems? And when I see that someone is open to both admitting that and then telling me uh, how they're going about working on it, then that usually makes me have a positive impression of someone because then I know they're open to talking. They see both the good sides and the deficits. So basically you think that you're, you're, what we're looking for in the workplace is authentic people who know their vulnerabilities and you know their soft spot, but that are actually doing something about it. So they're not going to be one of these whiners. They're going to really say, okay, I'm not good at this, or I tend to, I tend to really exaggerate, so I'm going to really hold myself in. And so that's an attractive feature. You know, Cynthia, I completely like authentic people, and there aren't many supervisors who I've known or, or workers in general who don't respond well to someone who's, who's genuine, who doesn't think they're right all the time or they're not the ones that have all the answers, who can really admit that they're human beings and that there's, they, they have deficits just like you and I. Well, one of the things I always say on this show, and I believe it fully, is that all of us make mistakes, and mistakes are good. And mistakes, and mistakes 
are lessons and blessings in disguise. And because we are all humans in training. You know, if we were born perfect, we wouldn't even need the world. So we have to be on a learning curve. So you got it. Yeah, we have to really start to figure out how to do that. Right. Now, what, what, do you, what kind of advice do you have for young people who are graduating these days and, you know, going to go out into the work pl- at workplace? What would you say is the number one quality that, um, that people are looking for besides authenticity? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that's critical for young people is a sense of humility, to be humble and to not be so impatient. You know, the, this this generation is either fairly or unfairly being labeled as a little bit entitled. They're entitled to having the perfect job right now with a lot of responsibility, but enough free time and so and leisure time, top salary, et cetera. Um, and that, and they have all these ideas how to change everything, nothing works, and that sort of thing. So whether that's fair or unfair perception, um, new graduates, we have to make them aware that that perception is there and perception can be reality. So they need to go in, respect the turf, respect that people have been working for a lot of years very hard to establish their company and organization. Well, wonderful points, both of you. Respect, authenticity, and being, being yourself is so important, being humble. The name of the book is The PETA Principle, How to Work With and Avoid Becoming a Pain in the Ass by Robert Orndorff and Dolan Clark. What's the website you'd like to give out? They could go right to uh, either gist.com or amazon.com and and just uh, type in, search for The PETA Principle. The PETA Principle. You will love it. Terrific book. It should be on every bookshelf for every employer and Hey, I love I love all the part about parenting too and these helicopter parents. Thank you, Robert and Dolan, for being on Be the Star You Are and have a great time with this book. It is fun besides providing a lot of knowledge. Thank, Thank you very, very much, much for having me. We enjoyed being it's on the show. It's been great. The Peter Principle. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are. We're back in a minute and we're going back in history. Where you are. Let the music start